think. Act and prosper. You are now tuned into the Money Level Show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Money Level Show where we think, act, and prosper, which is a key phrase that we like to say. We like to think about what is being said. We like to act on it so that we can be prosperous. And so today I have a returning guest and we are very appreciative of his time. Uh, I'm not going to puff him up. I know he's pretty under the radar and he likes to stay low key, but he has impacted a lot of people's lives. He has uh, been very successful in uh, the industry and uh, of investing and in the realm of investing. And so I want to welcome Jim Rogers back. How are you doing today? I'm delighted, Daryl. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. Just trying to make sense of these markets that don't make sense right now. <laughs> well, Daryl, I will tell you, they never make sense. People always <laughs> say to me, "Oh gosh, it used to be so easy." I said, "It was never easy for me. It was always confusing and complicated and hard." People just yeah. remember that when it was when they were making money, they think it was easy. Mm-hmm. It was never yeah, easy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, right now we have a lot, lot more political, geopolitical risk and and government debt is at all time highs, you know, all this stuff. And so it's it's definitely, you know, everybody wants to park their money in the safest place and so that they can make an, a return and and not lose money. And so it's, it's definitely uh, challenging for a lot of people. Yeah, I told you last time, just watch money levels. And you'll be, <laughs> you'll be okay. Yeah, I, I hope I hope I'm leading people in the uh, the right direction. You know, by you know interviewing people like yourself and and being able to just spread this knowledge to people, so uh, so we can prosper. And so uh, today, I just wanted to talk about a few things that I kind of had on the plate. Um, so we we've been seeing the commodities are pretty hot right now. We haven't been seeing gold and silver rise, which I believe that the purpose of gold and silver is different than what a lot of people think. They um, I mean, if you're going to invest in gold and silver, you need to park it in, in mining stocks. That's that's my opinion versus like preserving your wealth. And so um, what what kind of commodities are you looking at right now? I mean, we've seen oil just just skyrocket. We're seeing inflation picking up pretty hot. Um, what, what are you looking at right now? What, what are you expecting going forward? And, and is this comparable to the 70s? Well, Darrell, I, I own them all, all commodities. I own energy. Uh, I own agri. If I were buying something today, I think I would buy probably agriculture. Yeah, I'd buy agriculture. I'm just contemplating maybe energy, but certainly agriculture. Um, I mean, agriculture has been a disaster for decades. Now, the average age of farmers in America is 58. In Japan, is 66. More people study uh, public relations in America than study agriculture. Yeah, unless something happens soon, we're not going to have any clothes to wear. We don't have any food to drink or eat. So agriculture has got to get better. I think it is getting better now, and it will continue to get better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for yourself, you, you did you grow up on a farm? I know you grew like in a, a rural type area. You know, you mentioned that your phone number was five. Uh, so did you grow? Did you grow up on a farm and kind of experience some of that agriculture? Or? I did not grow up on a farm, but I grew up in an agricultural area. Yes, there were many, many farmers and lots of 
production crops around where I lived, yes. I knew lots of people who worked on farms. Yeah, definitely. That's that's good. Yeah, because but, uh, but Daryl, first of all, you got to be smart to be a good farmer, and it's hard work. So mm-hmm. I wasn't smart, and I didn't like hard work. So <laughs> yeah, you got to work smarter, not harder, huh? <laughs> yeah, um, I think a lot with the agriculture. Um, I mean, what we've experienced in uh, even in America is just like the uh, you know a lot of people are going to school for degrees that don't really serve a purpose that's not producing really any goods. I mean, it may be in, in the realm of like helping people's degrees such as psychology, sociology. Uh, I mean, you have some degrees that aren't really helpful to anyone. You know, um, many people getting out of college can't get a job. Um, we've shipped off a lot of our manufacturing. I mean, many people aren't wanting to get into these um, agricultural type jobs or jobs that are producing actual things and so we have a lot of money competing for less goods and how how does this turn out well now throughout history it's turned out that countries that were at the top once usually go into decline after a few decades few generations and then somebody else is at the top and the people who are at the top sit around and say what happened they cheated us Mm-hmm. Uh, the, gener- the new generations just don't work as hard, don't save and invest as much, and somebody comes along and replaces us. I mean, this is not the first time this has happened, Daryl. It's been happening for centuries. It always happened. Uh, you cannot see any country that's ever remained at the top for too long. I mean, I don't particularly like saying it since I'm an American like you and my children are Americans, but we have to face facts. Or we make it even worse, and we and we cannot we cannot survive. So I don't particularly like saying, but America is the largest debtor nation in the history of the world. Never in world history, Daryl, has any nation been so deep in debt. But that doesn't sound good to me for the future. It does not sound good to build a, a long-term success story if you're the largest debtor the world has ever seen. But that's the facts are America's the largest debtor we've ever seen. Plus, we're a very overextended bill. We have troops in over 100 countries. I mean, what are we doing with troops in over 100 countries? Well, first of all, we're paying for them. You and I are paying for them. And it's cost a lot of money to have all these people around the world. No, it's, uh, I don't see any, any things that's going to turn this around yet, except a eventual total disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm in agreement. And um, some of the countries that I'm looking at now, uh, I mean, I've, I've been investing in a lot of the uh, Chinese equities as of lately. And, you know, I, I do get some commenters on YouTube, don't invest in communist China, stay loyal to America. And, you know, but realistically, I mean, China's been investing in their infrastructure for a long time. And, and uh, you know, when you go to, well, I haven't been to none of these cities, but I'm seeing some of these cities and movies and stuff. And like, it makes Times Square look like rubbish. Well, if you go to a, an American airport, international airport, and then you go to a Chinese airport, you are embarrassed. You are embarrassed <laughs> at, at what those what our American airports are like. And I will, and then you get into an American taxi and you go into a long American road into the city. Oh my gosh, you're really, really embarrassed at that point. I don't like saying any of this, 
uh, for the people who are saying to you, don't invest in China because whatever, whether we like it or not, the facts are that China has done an astonishing job in the last 30 or 40 years. And you can say, well, we don't care. We don't like them. Okay, do it. If that's what you feel, do it. But I got to worry about my children and I got to pay my own bills. So I need to invest with successful people. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was like a study on uh, the average uh, subway speed. I think uh, China was uh, about 200 miles or 300 miles an hour or something like that versus New York at like 60 miles an hour, you know, and, and you know, it's it's Times Square don't look like how it used to when you used to watch it on New Year's on TV and just, I mean, it's, it's not the same. Well, Daryl, again, I don't like saying any of this, but facts are facts. Uh, you know, in the 1920s, the UK was the richest, most powerful country in the world. There was no number two. 50 years later, they were bankrupt, literally bankrupt, and the IMF had to bail them out. Now, did the British like that? Probably not. They probably shouted and screamed and said, you evil foreigners, you evil Americans, look what you have done. Well, you could have screamed against the Americans or you could have invested in America and made a lot of money and done well. Uh, I'm glad I invested in America instead of screamed and cursed the Americans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. What, what are some other countries that you're looking at? Like, um, I mean, I, I have some uh, companies in Russia, Japan and in Southeast Asia that I'm kind of looking at. I'm looking at. Well, some I do have investments in Russia. I have uh, investments in Japan, Korea, Singapore, where I live, uh, Southeast Asia. Yeah, I have countries, investments in all of those countries. I am looking at Cambodia. I am looking at uh, Uzbekistan right now. Um, I shouldn't tell you that because I haven't invested there yet. Um, <laughs> uh, these are countries where I'm looking at. What, what are some of the trends you look at when, whenever you are looking in a country? What are some of the things that you like to pay attention to um, in regards to like the status of the country or, or whatnot? First, I look at try to look for something that's going to change. You know, if a country is a disaster, but I see something change in the leadership or the attitudes towards capital, attitudes towards an investment, then that gets my attention. And then I start doing more. Do they have a balance of trade surplus? Do they have a budget surplus? I'm looking at Namibia right now in Africa. They're doing some, it looks like they're doing some good changes. Um, I'm looking at Zimbabwe. I have investments in Zimbabwe and Africa because it's been a disaster, total ruin in the last 35 or 40 years. But I have learned that if you invest in a catastrophe and you have the staying power and it's changing, uh, and it can, most catastrophes change because people just can't take it anymore, uh, you might make some money. Uh, and, and those are two entirely different types of countries in Namibia. It's because I think that they have been reasonably well run, but now they want to, to develop their economy and their capital markets. Zimbabwe, I'm looking at, has been a horrible disaster. Uh, 40 years ago, Zimbabwe was the richest, one of the richest countries in the British Empire. 
But a guy named Mugabe came along and completely ruined the country. So it's a total disaster. I mean, the currency became worthless a few times. He became, well, he's dead now. But no, just a nightmare. But it does have a lot of assets and a lot of smart people, and maybe it's going to turn around now. So those are two different kinds of examples of places that I've been looking. Yeah. What Do you see any similar traits with, uh, uh, I, I forgot his name, Mugabe or uh, however you Mugabe. say Mugabe. Uh, Mugabe was yeah, the guy in, in Zimbabwe. Do you see any similar traits with kind of his policy and what we're doing here in the United States um, as far as like, I, I don't know what he did to ruin the country, but I know they had a lot of hyperinflation and um, and their currency went to pretty much zero. I mean, uh, they're, still, they're still experiencing that. Things are bad in the U.S., but I hope they're not as bad as Mugabe yet. Oh, my. Mugabe just kept printing money and they ruined the currency, as you point out, ruined the currency two or three times. <laughs> they had to start using the U.S. dollar as their currency a few times. No, he ruined it. I don't see anything that bad yet in the U.S., uh, partly because we can get away with it, because we are the, the, the largest, rich, richest economy in the world. But that's usually the way it ends. That's the way the British ended. I mean, they went bankrupt in the currency collapsed and the IMF literally had to fly in and make loans, special loans to them to save Britain, which at one time in my lifetime had been the richest, most powerful country in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, so what, what, what do you think about this? Um, the whole thing with the debt ceiling? Um, so uh, we're heading on 30 trillion in debt. We have so many uh, off balance sheet liabilities as well. Um, uh, we're seeing even Social Security coming out saying they depleted all their reserves. Uh, if they had any reserves to begin with, uh, that's another story. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's a lot of argument around um, the debt ceiling. And um, and what, what's kind of your take on that? Uh, they're sitting there arguing about whether to, to go deeper into debt, which I find <laughs> lunacy. I mean, are these people crazy? Uh they're saying, should we go deeper and deeper into debt? We're already the, the largest debtor nation in the history of the world. We're running out of money. So let's borrow some more money. Usually the solution to being too much in debt is not more debt, but that's what they're doing. I mean, what, is, what do I think of it? I sit here and I say, this is going to end in disaster. It has to. I mean, we have nobody there <laughs> who says, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going to have very, very serious problems. It's mm -hmm. bad being a young person in America. Uh, but nobody's saying any of that except maybe me. But they don't care what I say. I only have one vote. Yeah, they yeah. get votes from a lot of people who are, who, who are getting money from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, and, and for me, like, you know, I've been uh, I've been hoarding um, gold and silver. I've been uh, I'm like a hoarder now, Jim. I, I've been my wife is she's just like, what are you doing? You know, I get a package every week, you know, multiple packages. And it's it's just getting out, <laughs> it's getting out of hand. Um, so now, someday she's going to say, Daryl, how were you so smart? How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. So gold is like a contrarian investment. Now I, I've been kind of speaking on that. 
many people have, have uh, joined the um, the trends of uh, Bitcoin and, and stocks. I mean, real estate at all time highs. Gold is still, um, you know, struggling to, to outperform and, and to perform well. Um, I mean, it's been pretty stable. I mean, it's still up from the from the uh, lows of last year. Um, but, you know, I, I believe it's like the contrary in investment now. And so I, I've been continuously buying it. Well, I own some gold. I own some silver here. I got a little silver right here, here, just in case. Just in case something happens while we're talking. Um, no, I own both throughout history when uh, things really get bad, when people lose confidence in money or in governments, they turn to gold and silver. Well, Daryl, I'm an old peasant. And all of us old peasants know we better have some gold under the bed if things go wrong. We better have some silver in the closet if things go wrong. So I have some, not buying more now, but I will be buying more if it goes down some more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so that, that kind of leads to like, you know, some of the things that I've been uh, talking about on my channel. I've been talking about um, a lot of issues we're having around cybersecurity and even uh, uh, head of the World Economic Forum and IMF, he came out and said that a cyber pandemic would make COVID look like a mere inconvenience. Um, and and I, and I believe that, you know, with a lot of things being online, I mean, stocks went from being paper to online. Um, I mean, money's online, like dollars. You know, you have to log into your bank account. Uh, Bitcoin's online. You know, and, and we're seeing a lot of these issues with hack hackers and, and people beginning to steal wealth from from a lot of people. Uh, I mean, even one platform and crypto platform lost uh, 600 million. And so I believe that gold and silver is key as a key factor in that and how we have to have analog wealth. It just continuously reminded me of that. Well, as I said, throughout history, all of us peasants know we don't know about Bitcoin. We don't know about the internet. We know that if the internet goes down, our silver will work. We know that our Bitcoin will not work if the internet goes down. <laughs> Recently in one country, the government closed the internet for a while. Well, if you had all your money tied up on the, some kind of cryptocurrency, you were really in a bind. You went down to the grocery store and said, well, my, 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 my internet is down right now. I have a lot of money on the internet. The shopkeeper said, I'm sorry, I cannot take your money on the internet if it's closed down. I gotta, I gotta pay my bills too. Well, in Texas last January, the whole internet closed for four or five days. You could be sitting there starving to death or freezing to death. And you said, well, my money's on the internet. <laughs> the internet's closed. You know, it's not going to do you much good. So I, I like I like to have my, my silver under the bed. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, you, you predicted, um, um, you, you've been talking about this for a while and how uh, governments will crack down on cryptocurrencies. Um, we are, we see, we recently saw China crack down on the miners in June, and then they banned it outright and made it illegal to even do any type of trading in uh, cryptocurrencies. And then now we have a lot of government attention in the U.S. on cryptocurrencies. Uh, we had uh, some bill try to slip through the infrastructure bill uh, to uh, regulate some of these um, uh, 
altcoins that what, of what they say and the SEC is really getting on to these stable coins. They're about to suit Coinbase and it's it's really heating up. And so uh, you, you were predicting that. What, what do you foresee continuously happening and how does this play out with these cryptocurrencies and, and the competition with the government? Well, Harold, I will say again that, that if they become successful as money, and that's what the bulls say. They w- bulls say they will be money and they will replace our money someday. My view of that is that's not the way governments work. If you are competing with the government, the government's going to say, wait a minute. No. Governments like monopoly. Governments like control. <laughs> if it ever becomes a threat to money, the governments will do something. Uh, they always have. I don't, you know, <laughs> all money is going to be on the computer someday. It already is in China. You can't buy an ice cream in China with money. You can't take a taxi with money in China. You gotta, you gotta have this. Uh, they're way ahead of us, but we're working on it too. And it will be all money will be on the computer eventually. But I, I don't think when the U.S. has its money here and the U.S. says, okay, this is money now, the government's gonna say, okay, but if you want to use that money over there. You use that money over there. That's not the way governments think. Say so you either use our money, you go to jail, or you can't use it. You just you 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 got to use our money. Now, if that happens, I'm sure I and most other people use the government money. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to have aggravation. I don't want to have problems. You know, governments have done this throughout history, and that's the way governments think, especially our government. So. No, I suspect that that is going to continue to happen. And all the crypto guys say, wait a minute, Jim, we're smarter than the government. <laughs> they are. Everybody's smarter than the government, except me. But everybody's smarter than the government. Yeah, the government's yeah, got the gun. The government has the guns, Daryl. The government knocks on your door with their guns and their tanks. You're going to do what they say. Yeah, I, uh, and that's similar to like the... Um, the uh, gold confiscation, you know, that was passed in, in the thirties. And, um, and when I was kind of looking at that, I mean, they, they wanted to prevent hoarding and they obviously had some type of loophole for, uh, you know, people that were either wealthy or politicians to be able to get around. And that was, if you own the pre 33, uh, coins. And so, um, I, I just don't, I just don't think that, um, uh, Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies is exempt from being confiscated or or being uh, not necessarily confiscated, but being banned. And so um, that's kind of what I foresee. My view is if they're just trading vehicles, who cares? Let people trade them for the rest of their lives. But if they become competition as money, which is what the bulls say, that's why they say we're buying this stuff because someday it's going to be the money. As long as they're just trading vehicles, and I know a lot of people who trade them and make money, but who cares? But if they become competition for the government, the government cares. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Jim, we we talk a lot on this channel about building wealth and money and stuff, but money, I mean, money is just money. And it's, you know, at some point we can't take it to the grave with us. Uh, what, so what's your idea or your belief around what a legacy is? And so I've, I've been really trying to uh, differentiate that uh, in my mind as far as like between wealth, legacy, um, you know, and things like that. What I want to teach my kids and what I want my kids to be able to 
um, navigate through life and stuff. So what, what's kind of your beliefs around what, what a legacy is? Teach your kids to be ambitious and hardworking and educated, then they can take care of themselves. Uh, if, if I leave my daughters not a pet, when I started in life, I didn't have any money. My parents didn't have any money, but somehow they had taught me to work hard, be conscientious and to be ambitious. I'm not quite sure how it happened, but I look at my brothers and all of us had those same traits. Um, and, and all of my brothers are successful. Uh, we can take care of ourselves. We, we didn't need an inheritance. Our inheritance was to take care of ourselves. And I suspect that the people who can take care of themselves are happier in the end because you, do, you have to do something that you like. And if you do something you like, you're usually happy. And then you don't care if you're successful because you're happy. Uh, so I would suspect that rather than an inheritance, the best thing for me to give my children is with the traits that I've told you, education, brains, um, ambition, drive, uh, conscientiousness, the things that make for successful people in the end. You can yeah. ask me, in, you can ask me in, thir in 30 years if I did it right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they're, they're going to, you know, look back on some of these interviews and stuff and, and, and take a lot of this in, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah. So like even with like inheritance, you know, I, I kind of think about uh, a lot of that with uh, my kids and like, OK, like uh, I saw that Jackie Chan or it was some article about Jackie Chan not wanting to leave his son like 400 million. And, you know, I, I've worked with a, a, a youth of mine um, who you know, grandfather left him 250,000, blew through it um, in a matter of months, um, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, you know, if you don't really teach your kids and and all of that, it, it's, it'll be a waste. I mean, the world is full of examples of people who've blown through. Uh, I know a story of a woman who, when she was 21, she went into the lawyer and said, oh, your father has left you this much money. She said, oh, my God, I could never spend that much money. Within two months, she spent huge amounts of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. So, yeah, education is very important, you know, to be able to navigate through situations like that. So thanks, Jim. want to appreciate you for coming on and, and appreciate you uh, sharing your time with us. My pleasure, Daryl. Let's do it again sometime. All righty. All right, man. Enjoy your day.